Hello, hello, hello. This is Didi Banks at the table, and I want to welcome you today uh, to my podcast. Thank you for joining me. I have so much uh, to talk about, so I want you to come on in, come on in, come on in. I've got some tea for you, and I've got some juicy, juicy, juicy uh, conversations for you today. Okay, so I want you to relax. <clears throat> Excuse me. Make yourself very comfortable and just listen to some of the things I'm going to say to you today. This is episode number nine, and we are talking about narcissists, narcissism. I'm not a counselor, I'm not a, not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I am uh, just a woman who have experienced dealing with uh, narcissists in all aspects and areas of my life as I have been interacting with people, which has been for a very long time. Um, The type of work I've been involved in uh, most of my life has been dealing with people. And so I have not been tucked away somewhere in a cubicle uh, where I don't have to deal with people. I have been out openly, uh, out and openly dealing with different personalities. Um, Being in sales, when you are in sales, and I mean in sales that bring in lots of income, you have to have a particular personality uh, to deal with these type of people and um, which puts you in a situation where you are someone has to like you <clears throat> and when you're in a situation where um, people have to like you in order to give you their business you, there has to be some type of connection there has to be some type of respect in order for you to uh, gain someone's uh, trust and confidence uh, when they're doing with doing business with you and and I happen to be uh, blessed with the type of personality that people are drawn to me because I am an honest person, a trustworthy person, and I know how to develop relationships. Well, <clears throat> when it comes to a narcissist, a narcissist is going to always study you. And a narcissist is going to always try to find that little crack that's open so, they, so that they can get in because you have been a puppet to service and you have brought that into your personal lives. And this is how I um, got trapped into several relationships with a narcissist because there's areas in my life where chapters were not closed, the doors were still open, the onion um, was still, <clears throat> peels have still, you know, I'm trying to peel off all these, uh, these uh, peelings off of this onion and trying to get down to the core of the reason why I have done the things that I have done in my past. And I found that due to my father abandoning me at a young age, it started with that. And so when your father or a parent has abandoned you from a very young age, that's going to cause problems for you as a woman, mainly if it was your father. Because that is the first person in your life that you're going to be looking for validation from. And so you'll be searching most of your life to find that void in you in men that you meet. 
So I found out that that was one of my problems on uh, how I got myself into um, getting involved with a narcissist. And plus, I um, left home at a very young age uh, to get married because I was uh, physically abused, physically and verbally abused in my home. And so uh, my first boyfriend that I was dating, which I was uh, 16, 16 years of age, and I was almost 17, and and um, I was told I couldn't see that person anymore, very nice guy, and that he would have to marry me. Well, uh, my mother didn't think he would want to marry me because she thought less of me, and he thought more of me, and he loved me, and he just thought I was a beautiful person, and... Uh, he wanted to get married to me, so I got married. I got married to get out. So I left Utah and went to the Midwest. So that's how it all started. And when you do that at a young age also, you really don't know who you are. And you don't know whose you are. And you belong to Jesus Christ, my our Lord and Savior, God. God created us, and that's who we belong to. But anyway... So let me go into uh, episode number nine as we talk about these uh, narcissists. And um, I'm going to start with questions. So what I decided to do was people who have gone um, public and had questions Mm -hmm. about a narcissist and um, psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors, and people who uh, have had long-term relationships or had experience with narcissists have answered some of these questions. And I think that they'll be very helpful for you uh, if something rings a bell in your life. As you know, maybe you've dealt with uh, someone in your life that was a narcissist or maybe you still might be in a relationship with a narcissist. Um, most of uh, narcissism comes uh, from parents when we're little kids. And so uh, about eight years old, Uh, you start developing, uh, you're a narcissist by the age of eight or nine if you had narcissistic parents who are abusers. And unfortunately, it's a demonic spirit. Narcissists have a spirit of the devil upon them. And they, the devil's uh, little uh, army of minions go out uh, and they're narcissists and they're destroying people's lives, family. So I just want you to be aware of <clears throat> some of the things that are going on with narcissists. Narcissists. Our president is a narcissist. And so this is a perfect time to talk about this because he is a perfect example of how he is leading our country. And most narcissists are leaders. They lead in something. If they don't lead in something, they're going to try to lead and rule over you. Uh, They're very insecure people. And so you have to watch out because they come into your life uh, appearing to be uh, a white uh, white knight. You know, they love bomb you with the talk, the words, but they'll never, ever, ever uh, show you what they're saying because they're incapable of doing this. Uh, They don't know how to love. They're, They're not... They don't have empathy. They don't know how to love anyone. You're not looked at as a human. It's just you're looked at only as a thing that they can manipulate and get over on. It's not their fault. 
because that's how the devil the devil operates. And this conversation has been going on, I found out, for like three or four years. A lot of people have been talking about narcissists, but me personally, I never heard about it until this year. And then since the pandemic, I've had a chance to really sit down, be quiet, look at myself, look at my life, what I've done in my life, and where I am today from a girl to a grown woman. So um, I wanted to just share some of this with you because I'm sure there's someone you know, if not yourself, that has experienced some of these things that we are talking about. So here we go. The first question that was asked, uh, it was, um, it says this, what is the first sign that tells you that you are dealing with a closet narcissist? Okay, here's the answer. And the answer is coming from Jason Hetrick. Okay, and uh, this is a psychiatric nurse. And this person, J- Jason, says this. A closet narcissist will always tell you the very first time they meet you or the very first time the two of you are able to sit down and talk what a nice person you are. Honest people don't feel the need to clarify. Sometimes multiple times in a sitting, just how honest, genuine, and what truly good people they are. Okay. Genuine people don't follow up those unnecessary declarations with, ask anybody. Uh, But a closet narcissist will. He knows he's malignant, so he naturally thinks others might think that too. So he's giving you the option to confirm his good nature kindness by asking you to feel free to get someone else to confirm. He also knows that you won't. So this allows him to be super convincing. He will also tell you at least one personal thing about himself that leaves you feeling uncomfortable in some way, as if it's way too early and weird to tell Mm -hmm. someone you just met that piece of information. They are trying to appear vulnerable and to test how easy it is to get your sympathy. If you've gotten this far, it's likely you have given it to him and you're about to go for the nastiest ride of your life. Although it's fun in the beginning, the pain in the end and the time you waste with him and getting over him is not worth the fun. And the longer you're with him, the worse it hurts and the longer you waste getting over it. People talk about coming out on the other side, a new and better person because of it. But I say, focus on the fact that you will never be the same. That that he took your ability to trust and replaced it with paranoia and rage. Focus on how unfair it it all is and how someone you gave all that love to couldn't care less if you were dead. Focus on how much it hurts. Really focus on it. Feel it. Then focus on this. For every week, that you don't leave him, you're adding at least two months to your recovery time and a month for every time you contact him after after having gone at least a week without communicating. It's a long road. You can't avoid it. 
and you can't bargain with it. Accept it by looking at yourself in the mirror and repeating this. He never loved you. He doesn't even like you. If your mom died, he would still not answer the phone. If you were severely hurt, he would not come to the hospital. If you died, he would be able to laugh and have fun with his friends like you never even existed. Because he doesn't care. He never did. You fell for a trick he played on you for his own enjoyment and he's so far removed. He doesn't even care how it turned out. You're on your own again. Then get up and start learning how to be on your own again. And do it right now. You waste enough time on that not, no identity having fraud. Take your power from him and never look back. The first step to being on your own again is to contact a therapist who specializes in personality disorder and make an appointment. Your second is going your second is going to it. If you don't have the money or time for this, find some form of support. If he's isolated you and you have no support, come here and ask for help. You have control over how much longer you choose to deal with the pain. Remember, control. That was very good. So that question was, what was the first sign that tells you that you are dealing with a closet narcissist? Someone who is sneaky and that little demon creeps upon you and you have no idea what you've gotten yourself into. Okay, so... Um, you, it's, it's something that you don't see. Uh, it's something that uh, when it approaches you, it's so flattering. It can be very attractive. Um, uh, it, the words that, that they use, the way, you know, words make us feel a certain way. But you have to look beyond the words. Listen, you know, look beyond it. See if they're actually, you got to give the situation a chance to manifest itself so that you see if the words match their actions and nine times out of ten they do not um, I was told that it's very important that we as people have a journal and you jot down or you record everything that someone that you meet says to you because love bombing is very very powerful very very strong so love bombing um, is is the first phase of it so they get you all goosed up. And then if you give your body, you lay down your life uh, for a man that hasn't laid down their life for you, you are in deep trouble. And that's the first thing that we do is, is you know, you let the words, they're very manipulative and they want to get you in the bed because they want to put them tricks on you. Because if you're a sexual person, you will get tricked. Okay, so they, they trick you with that. They know that that's what you like. If you're not a sexual person, you're a little bit stronger because that's a, a very weak thing uh, when you're vulnerable sexually. You're a very sexual person. Okay, so let me move on before uh, we go into, I can go on and on about this one. Uh, the next question is, let me find it. Okay. Why do the partners of narcissists miss the clues over and over that they aren't loved like they think that they are? 
Okay. Wow. So Joan Jones is going to answer this this question. And Joan Jones is a long-term relationship with a narc. So she's here's her opinion. All right. So as the mem- as a former uh, person of a narc that dated a narc, I'll try to explain why I accepted his behavior for as long as I did. I came from a very dysfunctional family. Dad was an alcoholic and mom was codependent to the extreme. As children, we looked to our parents as our guide in life, even after becoming adults. A lot of our ways of thinking, behaving, and dealing with life in general comes from what we are taught as children. I watched my dad get drunk and become verbally abusive towards my mom. And being the codependent that she was, she did everything she could to avoid his wrath by cooking his favorite foods, scurrying around, trying to please him, etc. As a child growing into adulthood, I thought this was how a relationship was supposed to be. So fast forward to the present, I now realize the reason I accepted my narc's behavior was because of what I witnessed as a child. My narc was the rule maker in the relationship and I was expected to accept his lies, cheating, manipulation, etc. without any questions. And in turn, as my reward for complying, he would throw me a few breadcrumbs of affection and compliments. Occasionally, just to keep me hooked, after 13 years, I'm finally free of the abuse and I'm never going back. It's all about me now and my healing. Codependent no more. All right. I love that. So you go, girl. You got out. Uh, Get out. Get out. Get out. Family, you got to get out. So that question was, why do partners of narcissists miss the clues over and over that they aren't loved like they think that they are? Well, if you didn't receive love as a child, if you didn't get it, you didn't see it, you didn't feel it, you really, really don't know what love is. If you've been abused all your life, you've met jerks all your life, and you think what they're giving you is love, you don't know any better. And a lot of women do not know any better. So we can't, um, everybody's life uh, walk is different. And how people show love is one way some people think that because somebody beats them, they love them. Some people think because they make love to them, they have sex with them, uh, that that's love and and that's not love. Uh, So many things uh, that can get you tricked into thinking and staying in a relationship because you think someone really loves you. You think because they pay the bills, they love you, but you don't realize that they got to pay the bills because if you weren't there, they got to have somewhere to stay. So they're going to pay the bills because they got to pay the bills to keep a roof over their head. So you just happen to be in the shelter uh, where they are. So that's not really uh, anything uh, uh, special because they pay the bills, but they don't love you. Okay, here is another question. Uh, if narcissists have that special lover that they love so much, why do they cheat on them? That's by... Uh, so uh, Deanne uh, McKenzie, uh, she is going to answer this question. Uh, let me see. Deanne has uh, MA in communications and linguistic, li- linguistics. 
high tongue sometimes. Anyway, so if a narcissist have that special lover they love so much, why do they still cheat on them? Okay, my dear, I say this with great amount of kindness. Everything in my response comes from a place of a recovering victim who truly wants to bring hope and understanding to victims of narc abuse. That being said, the narc has no special lover. You think they do, but they don't. Nor do they have a special lover that they love so much. Not a single one. The narc doesn't have a special person lover in his life. He is his own special person. He is perfect in his own eyes and he loves no one, not even himself. If a narc has made you feel that you are special and that you are loved so much, I'm so very sorry. It is a lie. A lie he is telling you. And with 100% confidence, he is telling others the same. I'm very sorry. It is something that you will have to accept. I hope you can sooner rather than later. I hope that you can sooner rather than later. I encourage you to study and educate yourself of narcissistic uh, behavior, common characteristics and behavior. Study hard, very hard. Read everything you can. Ask questions, as many as you can. I cannot express the importance of this enough. Please. I wish you the very best in your journey, in your healing, and I am he- and I am here if you have more questions. There is so much for you to learn, but the more you learn, the more empowered that you become. I am here for you and stay strong. That was very good because um, another, you know, again, you think that someone loves you so very much and... Uh, you think that they would never cheat on you. And uh, you think that they're really, really into you. And it, it's not. That's why so many men have so many women uh, in their life. They're having sex with so many women. They're having, they have so many women in their lives. They try to pretend like those are their women friends. But trust me, they are liars and they're cheaters and they're gamers. And, you know, sometimes you don't get... Now, I had one that uh, someone that I was dating you never ever see or sniff of any woman being in sight anywhere but trust me they are so slick because those are the type of men who go to bed later than you you go to bed at 10 they go to bed at 2 or 3 in the morning Uh, when they go to the bathroom they have their tablet they're always communicating with someone or something that feeds their ego Trust me, baby. Trust you, me. They want to make you feel you the only person that they're seeing at the time, but they are liars and they are cheaters. I can go on and on and on about this, but I get so caught up and emotional that I don't want to do that for you tonight. Anyway, here's another question. How can you tell if someone is trying to manipulate you? And this is from uh, Raphael. And his last name, he just has E. Okay, and he is a high-performance life and business strategist. Okay, so this is what uh, Raphael says. Number one, when they hurt you or embarrass you in public, they act like you are being sensitive. Two, they distort the reality, which will make you question your memory and sanity uh, like gaslighting. Number three, when you have a problem, They will minimize it and come up with their own problems. 
They will do anything to keep the attention on themselves. Number four, they will guilt trap you into doing things even when it's inconvenient. Usually will remind you of the times that they helped you. Number five, you're too kind, emotional, and a people pleaser. Usually the type manipulators look for. Number six, if you're angry with them or acting out, they will ignore you until you have sorted your feelings out. Seven, they act differently with you in private than they do in public. That's a real big one. They want to keep a specific public image. Number eight, they want to appear more intelligent than you. So they will make up facts or over explain to make it seem like they are, they are an expert. Number nine, they will tell outrageous lies about their accomplishments. If you confront them about the lie, they will brush it off. Number 10, if you're being manipulated, then leave. You don't have to put up with this. Okay, that was Raphael's spin on how can you tell if someone is trying to manipulate you? And I'm sure you all have experienced uh, manipulation uh, from different people and how they do it. So that was very good too. Here's one more. This is the last one. This says, um, what kind of personality won't fall for a narcissistic manipulation? This is coming, uh, this answer is going to come from Marilyn McIntosh. And Marilyn says this. Let me see if I can get her. She is an exquisite empath and supreme survivor of abuse. Okay. This is a wonderful question, she says. This gets to the heart of why these miserable, malignant, malign, oh my God. Oh, I can't say it. I get tongue-tied. Monsters are able to roam the earth, destroying the weak. These are the traits that would have prevented me and innumerable others from falling prey to those joy vampires. Number one, confidence. Any confident human being is able to stand up for themselves and will never put up with the narc's abusive behavior and narcy nonsense, word salad, future faking, triangulation with others, or no, triangulation with others, running of all holidays, gaslighting, cheating, verbal abuse, Diabolical drama, control of everything, including you, lying, inability to honor commitments, insidious and unsatisfying sexual deviance, silent treatment, etc. Number two, someone with healthy boundaries with and zero issues with putting them in place no matter what. Narcs are notorious for inserting themselves into your life despite the hour of the day, lack of invite, etc. Okay, no one with healthy boundaries would allow this crap to go down. Let's continue. Number three, this one is very critical. Someone with financial independence. Never allow someone to be in charge of your finances. Never. 
Narcs use, use every tool in the tool book to control you and will throw you out into the cold, dark night with nowhere to turn and laugh while they do it. Hmm. Yeah, been there. Get financial control of your crap and never allow any man or woman to blur those lines. Money is power, whether we like it or not. Never relinquish this to any other person. You are always in control when you're when you have financial control and freedom. This is very, very critical. Number four, an independent spirit. Narcs prey on needy people. Again, narcs prey on needy people. In the moment you allow them to see your vulnerable side, sadly, the game is on. They will pick, pick, pick at you until they whittle you down to nothing but a stub. The less you are desperate for a relationship, the healthier your conscious will con- your the healthier your connections will be. Healthy relationships require time and patience to build. Learn to recognize love bombing and pay attention to others' actions rather than their promises. Be strong, be proud of who you are, and pay keen attention to how others treat you. Okay, woo, that was so, 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 so good. Woo, 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 woo. Now, I want to read to a response that uh, a lady named Sarah Ann said. She didn't like what Marilyn McIntosh said. So she said, I disagree with this. I'm a confident and independent woman. I'm a single parent, but I am also a career a career mom. I work full-time. I have personal and professional goals. I'm assertive. I'm active and fit and take care of myself. I'm happy. I'm healthy and have healthy boundaries with others. I am not divorced or anything, so don't have any of that relationship baggage. And I still fell in love with the narcissist. Personally, I think my independence and assertiveness is why he targeted me. He has told me many times that the main reason he fell in love with me was because of my fire. They didn't always uh, target weak, codependent, passive, or emotionally unaware people. We need to stop categorizing people. Uh, we people. We need to stop categorizing people who are in relationships with narcs. I don't believe it's fair as there are all different types of narc and all different types of other people. All right, Sarah, let me just say this to you. All that that you said about yourself, all that you bragging about yourself, listen, baby, the devil don't care nothing about what you just said. Uh, The devil is a spirit that you cannot see. And trust me, if you didn't have a leak in your building somewhere, Somewhere that narc would not get in to your life. So anybody that's a Sarah out there and you got all that going on and a narc still got you, that's because that's how the devil is. They're out to kill, steal, and destroy. And they will come into your life and play the game however way that they can. But they're going to get in if you got a leak. And there is a leak somewhere. Trust you, me. If you don't have Jesus Christ in your life as your Lord and Savior, and you are not close and communicate and pray and fast and and, uh, read your word, read the word of God, baby, you have no 
defense. The word of God is the sword to beat off devils. Okay? Reading scripture, memorizing scripture, learning the word of God, baby, that's what you got to do. So all the, I don't care where you work, where you go, how you been raised, blah, 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 blah. Miss Cutie on duty. They love you. The devil loves your type. And he will send the little minion narcissist your way. You are not ready unless you tell me, I read that somewhere, that you are a woman of God. You have turned your life over to Christ. Okay, you read your word. You fellowship with other believers. You are strong in the Lord. You've got a relationship, baby. I I, I really, you're going to get gout. And all the Sarahs out there, you're going to get gout too. Okay, so... Don't be judging saying, yeah, there are different type of narcissists out there. There are a lot of them. That's the devil's army. Trust me. Okay. So if you got one, you just got one of the types. It may not be the same as the other ones, but trust me, a narc is a narc and they do not have feelings for you and they're going to take you out and you may want to commit suicide. You may become a drug addict. You may want, I don't know, uh, it will destroy your life. So... I just shared that with you uh, because I uh, have experienced, like I say, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I am a woman. I'm a Christian woman, a woman of God, a woman that has a relationship with God, a woman that reads the word of God. Okay. The one that walks in truth and the one that wants to share her life with you and tell you the truth. Okay. I'm not going to be walking around like uh uh, a dressed up uh, 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 garbage can, uh, someone that, uh, you know, you look one way, but you're really another way. I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to be who God created me to be uh, so that you'll know the truth. Okay. Cause it's important that you know about a narcissist who is a minion of the devil's army. Okay. Well, I love you so much. And I just want to just uh, share these things with you. We're going to go in the next episode, number 10. Number 10 is going to be about parenting, being raised, what happened to you as a young child. And uh, if you have a narcissistic um, mother or father who raised you, that is why you are who you are. So I want to share it with you. And when I first started reading about it, it it hurts. And I shed it a few tears because being raised by a narcissist is devastating. And a lot of children, I know that's why so many have wanted to commit suicide, especially in the state that I live. So many young people have committed suicide. Now I know why, because the devil is starting at early ages and parents who have the spirit of the devil on them. I don't care even if they're in the church. A lot of narcs are in the church. That's why you have to have a relationship with Christ by yourself. Okay, don't be a puppet for the people in the church. You got to read your word and you have to be empowered. So I know of children who have been ruined from being in the church because they had narcissistic parents. You can sit in the church, sit on the pews and have the devil right in you and go to church every Sunday, all 50, 60 years. That's why some of the churches are failing because of the demons that have overpowered the church. And God is angry right now. The world has been shut down. So everybody, everybody, I don't care who you are, have had to look in the mirror 
and look at yourself as a human being. Amen. Anyway, not going to be fussing. I start fussing. Uh, but anyway, I love you. I hope all is well. I hope that you're staying safe. Uh, this is a, uh, a summer of uh, many things. And uh, I don't want you to get sidetracked with what's really, really, really going on. We are going to have the toughest election of all time. We're going to see ugliness more than we've ever seen in our lives. So family, get ready. It's going to, we are in a war. In, in, and I mean a war. Uh, we're in a spiritual warfare. We're in a, uh, a warfare amongst each other. Democrats versus the Republicans. Uh, you know, uh, white versus black. Uh, just so many things. It's been going on, but it's it's going. You watch what happens when we get ready to go to the polls. So I say to you, pray. You need to be praying and you need to turn your life around because you can't go back. We can't go back to the way it was before. Our lives has been changed forever, family. So don't think you're going to try to fit it in, like trying to take it back to the way it was. It'll never be. So as a person that looks in the mirror every day, ask God to search your soul and find out where you have a leak and things that you need to do to turn your life around. Because trust me, he didn't shut down the world for a reason. He's asking us and giving us another chance to take a look at who we are as a human being. Okay? I love you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for allowing me to speak to your people on this podcast today. I won't take it for granted, Lord. I I just I just love how you use me on this platform to be honest and open and share what I know about you and to warn people about that devil about that demon, Lucifer. We're going to shame, shame, shame the devil. We're going to openly shame the devil so that your people will know who Satan really is and what Satan is trying to do. Lord, we love you and we pray that you will watch over us during this pandemic, Father God. Teach us to love each other like you love us. Oh God, keep us healthy and keep us safe. Give us the knowledge on how to stay safe and how to stay healthy during this time of this pandemic. Father, we're going to honor you even though the church doors are slowly opening up. We want to walk through the doors different than the way we came in before, but we can't do it without you. So we're asking you to come inside of our hearts and let us examine ourselves, Father God. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us, Father God, for the things that we have done and the things that we keep doing that are not like you. We ask that you help us change, Father God. Send your Holy Spirit upon the land, Father God. Reign upon our souls. Empower us, O God, in you. And teach us more than anything how to love like you, God, in the name of Jesus. But in the meantime, Until you do this within us, we're going to keep on praising you and we're going to keep on honoring you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So that's it, family. I want you to take a look at one thing before I let you go. I don't know if you've heard about it, but uh, no, I'm not going to talk about that right now. This is a uh, something that is a money-making opportunity that I want to share with you. But I think that I'll do it in another way. Okay, so I don't want to put my business out there right now on this platform. But I will be in touch with you and I'll keep on loving you and I'll keep on praying for you. And there's nothing that you can do about it. Have a wonderful day today. God bless.